Howdy, online family. Thanks for tuning in to the Grace Church of Ocala podcast. We are equipping disciples who make disciples in Ocala, Florida. I'm Ryan Gagnon. We're going to be hearing today from me as I conclude our latest sermon series, The Commission, God's Work Through Moses and Joshua. We've prayed about how best to meet our community with the gospel message of Jesus. We believe this digital component is a way of meeting that community here on the internet. That's you. We hope God uses it to both encourage and challenge you. We also ask you to serve a local church body. Remember, you can't be the church by yourself. What I am attempting to do here is kind of strange. I am recording an intro to a sermon I preached, so I'll be brief with this one. We've been talking a ton about the co-mission Jesus has called us to. We've studied the what, the why, but this week we dive into the how. We know what Jesus has asked us to do, but the way he has called us to do it can seem tough to grasp. How do we meet people with the gospel? Let's listen in together as we learn from Joshua 5 and 6 that the how-to of the commission is clear. church. Um, it's kind of a big day. We got a, got a lot going on and uh, some really cool God stuff is happening. We get to celebrate not only the handoff of pastoral leadership from Pastor Todd to Pastor Michael, but we also get to celebrate God changing the lives of, of three kids. And them deciding to follow God. Um, it's a big day. So with all that being said, I have a super, super spiritual question to ask you. Um, and it's, have any of you guys ever shopped at Ikea? <laughs> Hands up if you shopped at Ikea. Okay, so if you're like uh, a red-blooded, big-boned American like me, um, I've not shopped at Ikea. If you've been to my house, you know that I buy furniture from Amazon that breaks in six months and all my couches are busted. So if you got a couch, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's where I shop. But I've learned a little bit about Ikea and Ikea has this whole thing. It's there's some assembly required, right? Like, right? okay, see, I don't get the joke necessarily because I've never had to build that stuff, but I, I have had Christmas before. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. So with Ikea, you have to assemble some stuff and you have this, this how-to list, right? So what would happen if you got your brand new whatever it is and you looked at the box and you're ready and you're going to make it happen, it's going to be exciting, and then you missed some of the pieces, you misappropriated some stuff, and then you were done, you thought, and then there's some pieces laying on the ground. What do you guys think is going to happen? Louder. It's going to fall apart. Okay, it's going to look like my couches is what I'm trying to say. But what, what does that have to do with spiritual stuff? How does that work with spiritual stuff? Like we're here to talk about God and we're here to talk about what God is doing in people's lives. And you know, you hear all the time that this Christian life isn't a how-to list. It's not a step-by-step-by-step thing and do this and don't do that. And it's not a list of rules and all this kind of stuff. That's true, but God has been clear on what it is we are to do. 
He's been very, very clear. And he's laid out a groundwork throughout Scripture in people's lives over and over and over again where he said, do it this way, and I am with you. Don't do it this way. The couch will break and you'll fall and you'll look like a buffoon. And then after that, I'll be with you. Both are good examples because we get to learn from both. Amen? So here's the big idea. The how-to of the commission is clear. What is the commission? What have we been talking about for six weeks? Making disciples. Okay, so we are commissioned together. We are brought together as a body here in Ocala to reach the people of Ocala. That is what God has called us to do. That is very, very clear. Okay, we read every single week from Matthew 28. What, what do we read? And Jesus said unto them, Go and louder of all nations, baptizing them in the name of what? Teaching them and oh, okay. So has God been clear? Is that a how-to list though? Is that super, super specific? No, but that's what the rest of God's word's for. He's given us the vision of what we are to do. Here's what I'm calling you to do. Go and make disciples. The how-to is the rest of the word and how we study, how God interacts with his people. And it's this morning. It's connecting with one another, talking with each other, and seeing what God is doing in each other's lives. Now, this is what's called a, and I'm reading this definitely because I Googled it, Gronadol rocking chair. Does anyone else, anyone else knew that? No, yeah, no, okay, good. You're all, you're all on my side. So you got this Gronadol rocking chair, and we, if you get it from Ikea, you get it home, and you look at the box, and you're like, sweet, I'm going to get a rocking chair. But then you're like, I'm, I'm not going to read any of the rules. I'm not going to do any of that stuff, and I'm just going to put it together because I got the picture. And then after that, we look at it, we're like, oh, there's a reason that one side's off over here. And, you know, when I sit down, it, you know, it, it cracks and it breaks and all this kind of stuff. And it's because we didn't follow the instructions. We didn't follow God's lead. Now, when doing this whole how-to thing, we dot all the I's and cross all the T's. But I want to be clear. That's hard with people. That's incredibly, incredibly difficult with people because people aren't I's to dot or T's to cross. They have emotions, they have concerns, they have fears, they have stuff they're dealing with, they got this, they got that, and oh, by the way, you do too. And the God of the universe has called you to reach them. Good luck right? It can be really, really daunting. But he's given us a pathway to do this. And he's given us the Holy Spirit to guide us. Because guess what? You got the list. You go, you go to try to fix the air. You follow the list to a T. You're probably still going to have a kiddie pool in the front of your foyer. It's probably still going to happen. Now, let's, let's not talk around this. Let's jump in. So we, we know a little bit of the context of what's happened because we read through Joshua, right? So God promised the Israelites what? What did he say they were going to have? Land, the promised land, right? So they get to the promised land, and then God's like, Moses, 
tapping you out, you're done. So Moses is now dead in our story. Joshua is now leading. So you have this incredibly impactful spiritual time that we're jumping into right now. Okay. So they crossed the Jordan. That was a crazy God thing, right? They come off the Jordan and now God says, oh, by the way, remember how I said you're all supposed to be circumcised and you guys kind of didn't do that. You got to do that. So then they get circumcised. Okay. So they've gone through this spiritual awakening of who God is. And this is a group of people who have been in the wilderness for a considerable amount of time, a long time. Say a long time. A long time. Okay? Longer than any camping trip you've ever been on. And now God has given them this land. And he says, you're going to get the land. You're going to get to go and take the land. But it's going to be a little bit specific on how you're going to do it. So let's dive into Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you of us or are you for our adversaries? And he said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth, to the, to the earth and worshipped him and said, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Verse 1, Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus you shall do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all of the people will shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. Okay, so you're going to conquer a city. Yeah! God's with us. We crossed the Jordan. He stopped the waters. We're not circumcised. We're fired up. We're ready to follow God. Guess how you're going to do it? A parade. What? Is that weird? I know the kids aren't the only ones who think that's weird. Is that weird? You're going to go to a city and you're going to march around the walls. Exactly. We're going to find out. So... Seriously, you're going to go and you're going to have a ram's horn and you're going to blow it. Oh, and by the way, as you're marching around it, you got to be super quiet. Does this seem weird? Seriously? Have you ever heard of a city being conquered by marching around it and not doing anything? I mean, I've watched a lot of World War II documentaries. They didn't do that. That wasn't a part of what they were doing. But God said to do this. Now, do you think they're going to do it? You guys cheated. You read ahead. Um, it's super odd for sure. But if you notice the, the language that's there, because Joshua is now leading the people. Okay. He's accepted the baton of leadership that God gave him through Moses. He's now leading God's people into the promised land, a promise that God has made years and years before. He's following what God has said. And then, by the way, he meets God. That's kind of a big deal. 
He's here, and a dude walks up. He's got a sword drawn, and he's like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? And then the guy says, take off your sandals because where you're standing is holy. Translate that to 2018. I'm God in front of you. Act accordingly. He meets God. Were all the other Israelites there? No, it was Josh. Okay? And then he's standing before God. Max, let me ask you a question. If God stood before you right now and he said, you're going to reach every single person in your class for Jesus this year, and you're going to do it by playing a ukulele and going, la, 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 la. If God was in front of you and said that, would you be like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do that. If Pastor Todd said to you, that's how you're going to reach, reach uh, your entire class, what are you thinking? <laughs> right? That's a little bit crazy. It doesn't make any sense at all. But to the person who's being revealed what God is doing directly by God, it may, you know, okay, I, I can. Let's do it. So Joshua's like, all right, we can do this. So for us, we have to ask this question that Nick keeps asking. Why? Why would God do it this way? Why does God say, um, I've, I've equipped you, you're an army, you've been in the desert for an entire generation, you're pretty hardcore people. These are like forest people to the 10th degree, okay? These people could live off the land, they could kill anything they wanted, rats ain't got nothing on them, Miss Rodwin, right? They would just destroy these people. So she was telling me about shooting rats earlier. Um, but they could just go and get after it, and they could attack a city. Now, would it be hard? Of course, but God's with us. Do you see how the rationalization could happen of God's with us, we're capable, why don't we just go do? But that's not what happens. And the point of it is credit. Hear this. The God of the universe will not share credit with you. The credit, the glory of what he's doing in the lives of people is his and his alone. He wants to equip us to reach people, but he's doing it for him. Not so that you can feel better. Not so that you can just be so, yeah, look what I did. No. He's, he, it's absolutely encouraging. It's absolutely amazing. And he uses it. He uses it in us to encourage us. But it's for his glory. His commission, the one who directed us, is God. It's designed for him. So for us, what does that look like? How are we to reach people? Okay? We're kids. What, what does God teach us? Louder and proud. Love God. And what about people? Where do people fall into that? Love God and love people. That's what God teaches us to do, right? So God tells us to love him, keep him above all, and then to love people. And then in John 13, Jesus says, they will know me by what? I can't hear you. The way you love. The way you love one another. People will know who God is in the way that we love one another and the way that we love them. Love God and love people. That's the how-to. God has been clear. That's part of the mission. Love God, love people. Loving people is emulating what God did for people. And anytime we can do as God has done, that's a good thing. If we can follow God and do what he's saying, that's absolutely what we're here to do. So Joshua gets this revelation. Let, let's check it out and see kind of where this goes. So move on to uh, verse 6 for me. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, 
take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, go forward, march around the city and let the armed men pass on before the Ark of the Lord. And just as Joshua had commanded the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord following them. The armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking after the ark, while the trumpets blew continually. But Joshua commanded the people, You shall not shout or make your voice heard, neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout, then you shall shout. So he caused the ark of the Lord to circle the city, going about at once. And they came to the camp and spent the night in the camp. Ram's horn, and you're going to blow it. Oh, and by the way, as you're marching around it, you got to be super quiet. Does this seem weird? Seriously? Have you ever heard of a city being conquered by marching around it and not doing anything? I mean, I've watched a lot of World War II documentaries. They didn't do that. That wasn't a part of what they were doing. But God said to do this. Now, do you think they're going to do it? You guys cheated. You read ahead. Um, it's super odd, for sure. But if you notice the, the language that's there, because Joshua is now leading the people, okay? He's accepted the baton of leadership that God gave him through Moses. He's now leading God's people into the promised land, a promise that God has made years and years before. He's following what God has said. And then, by the way, he meets God. That's kind of a big deal. He's here, and a dude walks up. He's got a sword drawn, and he's like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? And then the guy says, take off your sandals because where you're standing is holy. Translate that to 2018. I'm God in front of you. Act accordingly. He meets God. Were all the other Israelites there? No, it was Josh. Okay? And then he's standing before God. Max, let me ask you a question. If God stood before you right now and he said, you're going to reach every single person in your class for Jesus this year, and you're going to do it by playing a ukulele and going, la, 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 la. If God was in front of you and said that, would you be like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do that. If Pastor Todd said to you, that's how you're going to reach, reach uh, your entire class, what are you thinking? <laughs> right? That's a little bit crazy. It doesn't make any sense at all. But to the person who's being revealed what God is doing directly by God, it may, you know, okay, aye, aye, Captain, let's do it. So Joshua's like, all right, we can do this. So for us, we have to ask this question that Nick keeps asking. Why? Why would God do it this way? Why does God say, um, I've, I've equipped you, you're an army, you've been in the desert for an entire generation, you're pretty hardcore people. These are like, Forest people to the 10th degree, okay? These people could live off the land. They could kill anything they wanted. Rats ain't got nothing on them, Miss Rodwin, right? They would just destroy these people. She was telling me about shooting rats earlier. Um, but they could just go and get after it, and they could attack a city. Now, would it be hard? Of course, but God's with us. Do you see how the rationalization could happen of God's with us, we're capable, why don't we just go do but that's not what happens. And the point of it is credit. Hear this. The God of the universe will not share credit with you. The credit, the glory of what he's doing in the lives of people is his and his alone. He 
wants to equip us to reach people, but he's doing it for him. Not so that you can feel better. Not so that you can just be so, yeah, look what I did. No. He's, he, it's absolutely encouraging. It's absolutely amazing. And he uses it. He uses it in us to encourage us. But it's for his glory. His commission, the one who directed us, is God. It's designed for him. So for us, what does that look like? How are we to reach people? Okay? We're kids. What, what does God teach us? To, louder and prouder. Love God. And what about people? Where do people fall into that? Love God and love people. That's what God teaches us to do, right? So God tells us to love him, keep him above all, and then to love people. And then in John 13, Jesus says, they will know me by what? I can't hear you. The way you love. The way you love one another. People will know who God is in the way that we love one another and the way that we love them. Love God and love people. That's the how-to. God has been clear. That's part of the mission. Love God, love people. Loving people is emulating what God did for people. And anytime we can do as God has done, that's a good thing. If we can follow God and do what he's saying, that's absolutely what we're here to do. So Joshua gets this revelation. Let, let's check it out and see kind of where this goes. So move on to uh, verse 6 for me. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass on before the Ark of the Lord. And just as Joshua had commanded, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord following them. The armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking after the Ark, while the trumpets blew continually. But Joshua commanded the people, You shall not shout or make your voice heard, neither shall any word go out of your mouth, until the day I tell you to shout, then you shall shout. So he caused the ark of the Lord to circle the city, going about at once. And they came to the camp and spent the night in the camp. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord, and the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord walked on, and they blew the trumpets continually, and the armed men were walking before them, and the rear guard was walking after the ark of the Lord while the trumpets blew continually. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. So they did for six days. Okay. So Joshua gets a vision from God. He then goes and he says, hey guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to march around the city and you're going to march around the city not saying anything. We're going to blow some ram's horns and then when I tell you to shout, you'll shout. Now, in studying through this, something popped out that had never popped out before. Did Joshua tell them it was going to be seven days? No. He didn't. God told Joshua it was going to be seven days. Joshua didn't. He, did, he didn't tell the people he was leading. He's directing them in what they are to do, and he's giving them enough information that they need to take the next step. Do you see it? In leadership of the local church body, 
If we were to come to somebody who just goes through the membership class or just comes to know God and is being baptized, and we're like, oh, this, this walk with God for the rest of your life, stuff's going to happen. And by the way, a lot of craziness stuff is going to happen, and uh, we have no idea what God's going to do in your life. We just know that we trust God. Now, we're clear, and we're not hiding anything, but if God reveals something that's going to happen in somebody's life, do you see how leading people along is tough business? It's hard. And Joshua's looking at these people, and he knows what God is going to do. He gives them enough information. And what I love is you don't get to hear the, the campfire chats. You don't get to hear it. Because here's the thing. The reality of the situation, this isn't in the text. Clearly, not in the text. But a group of people are going to go march around the city, and then we're going to go to the camp, and we're going to sit around the camp. And by the way, um, I think we're going to do it again tomorrow. They're sitting around the camp going, what is going on? Okay, the Jordan thing was awesome. God did some crazy cool stuff there. That was, that was sweet. We got circumcised. We're worshiping God. I get it. Why is Joshua telling us to walk around the city? Moses wouldn't have done that. Moses never would have said to do that. I miss Moses. These are the kids of the same people who said to Moses they miss the Egyptians. Right? It doesn't share that with us. But people are people. So as they're going through this, they're looking at the situation, and they don't know what God is doing. What they know is that God has equipped a leader, he has picked a leader, and that they are to follow him in the way that they're directed as a body. Grace. Pastor Todd is leaving. This is his last Sunday. That's sad. Breaks my heart. But God is good. And God is equipping a leader right back there to, that we're to follow and get behind and see what God is doing. And we are, we are living this right now. We are in it. This is our campfire. God, is, God has given us a vision for this body and how we are to reach Ocala. He has given us a mission, and we, have, we know the how-to, and we're helping each other with the how-to. But what we know is things are changing. And change is scary. It's super scary. And we love that guy. And we love Miss Deb. And it, it's different now. But God is still God. And we are called to be obedient to him. That's what this is. It's, it's obedience. Kids, what is that a picture of? A crossing guard. Why, why, Stephen, why is a crossing guard a big deal? Keeps, okay, even Max goes, or she. Um, yeah, okay, crossing guard to keep kids safe. What would happen if the crossing guard was like, stay over there, and you were like, nah. That would be really bad, right? Okay, so the crossing guard, it's, it's directing and helping us get where we're supposed to be. Part of pastoral leadership is like that. God is equipping his leaders to help people get where they're supposed to be. And being obedient to what God is doing is important to that, big time. Because we as a body are called to reach Ocala, not we as a person. We as a body are called to reach Ocala. And, of course, the other communities, too, because basically Ocala goes from here to Georgia. But you get the point, right? That's what God has called us to do. And we are to follow God's instructions, anticipating God moments. Because, remember, these people had just seen some crazy cool God moments. They had just seen water stop. 
That's crazy. We just saw three kids accept Christ and decide to follow him. Is that not a God moment? Is that not a God moment? We, we did baptisms a month ago. We had to separate baptisms because so many people want to get baptized. We got more people want to get baptized. We got to schedule more. Don't tell me this isn't crazy cool God moments. So we're seeing it happen. We're seeing God move. But what's happening with Pastor Todd? We don't, that's the thing, right? You feel it. That's a real issue. We trust that God is moving. We trust that God's going to continue to use that man and his wife wherever it is they end up. But he hasn't stopped working in Ocala. He's still working through the people of Ocala and will continue to move us forward towards our Jericho. Okay, let's move, move on to these last few verses. Verse 15. On the seventh day they rose early at the dawn of day, marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And the city and all that was within it was devoted to the Lord for destruction. So put yourself in the situation of the Israelites. You're now on day seven. You've been in a camp. You were told by God you were supposed to have land. Now you're in a camp, and now you're walking around a city where, quite frankly, the people Jericho, who are scared of you, because they've heard what God has been doing. The people in the area were afraid of God. You know who God is. You know how strong he is. And you've had to walk around a daggum city for six days. Are you kidding me? And now you're continuing to walk around the city, and then you walk around it once, and then Joshua says, let's do it again. What? Does that not sound insane? Okay, second lap. Now third lap. Fourth lap. Fifth lap. Oh, and you're not talking, by the way. You're just giving really hardcore looks at each other. Sixth lap. Seventh lap, you don't know. You didn't hear what he had heard from God. And then he shouts. And then you shout. Because that's what God said to do. And then a God moment happens. And you watch as the walls of a city fall down based off of your obedience and God equipping your how-to. You see walls come down. You see the promises of God being revealed to you on a level that you hadn't seen yet. You trusted him, but now you're in it. And now this city that God has given to you, your people, this promise is now being fulfilled in an amazing, amazing God moment way. It's incredible. It's incredible. For those of us that have been walking with God, you can look back in your own life and see things that God did that made no daggum sense. Nothing at all. You didn't see it coming, but you saw God move. That's what they got to see. It, it's kaboom, man. It's kaboom. It really is. God's faithfulness is mind-blowing. The God of the universe loves you, created you, saw that you said no, 
died for you, then after dying for you, rose from the dead, now revealed himself to you, and is now equipping you to reveal that truth to other people. God's faithfulness is mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. And now, as we go in and we reach out into our communities and we see what God is doing, and then we look at people and we're like, what's God doing here? I don't get it. I don't understand. Do you, do you hear the, the, the modern-day church complaining? God, if you're so powerful, if you're so strong, God, you could just break these walls down. Just do it. God, you've equipped me. I'm good at this. Let me just attack. People aren't I's to dot or T's to cross. They're people. They're people he loves, just like he loves you. And he's equipping you to reach them. And he's equipping us as a body to help each other to reach them together. See the connection there? Our God is working on all of those levels, and we're having trouble taking that first step. It's crazy. So let's, let's finish this up. So now what, Grace? Follow Jesus' commission together as a body because he has commissioned us to reach Ocala. Singular? No, together. We are to reach people together. Second, encourage, exhort one another along the way because guess what? We're going to screw up. We're going to screw up. We're going to sin against each other. We're going to sin against the people we're trying to reach. We are going to say and do the wrong thing to the same person that we are trying to reveal God to. Guess who needs encouragement at that moment, right? Because then when we come back within these four walls and we pray with one another about, man, I was having this conversation and I said the wrong thing and it was so, I, ugh, I missed it. That person needs encouragement. And guess who's equipped to do it? Us. Hey, Nick, you. God's working in you guys, man. And then finally, be obedient to the Holy Spirit shout as directed. Because God shouts. Doesn't always feel like it. And sometimes the shouts take years. Sometimes the shouts take seven days of what seems to be completely idiotic stuff. It doesn't make sense. Making yourself available to people, spending time with people, being there with people, doesn't make sense from the outside. It just doesn't. But when God uses it and the Holy Spirit says, shout, you better shout. And trust that he's moving. So closing it up, you guys ever heard of Caleb? He's one of the spies. So check this out, right? So Caleb, he was 40 years old. I had to check my math on this. He was 40 years old when he went and spied out. Okay? So he's one of the spies. They're going to re go into the promised land. He's one of the spies who goes into the promised land and says, guys, it's sweet. It's sweet in there, man. It's awesome. It's going to be great. He's 40 at the time. Okay? Guess how old he was when everything was conquered? 85. Do the math for me. How long is that? 85 years. Um, I'll see you in middle school. Um, <laughs> 45 years. 45 years, okay? If it took God's people being led by God to conquer the land that he gave to them, to settle the land, and it was 45 years from the moment Caleb stepped in and said it was good to the moment they could actually live there, why would we think the work in Ocala is any different? Why? Why would we think that reaching people for God would not be a lifetime thing? It's what it is. We are reaching people. God has given us the how-to. We know the vision. We know the mission. 
And it's going to take for the rest of our lives. And then guess what? It's going to take the person who we equipped the rest of their life. Until Jesus returns. I find that encouraging. It may not seem that way. God is faithful. And we can trust him. And you know how I know we can trust him? Because he saved me. And he saved you. That's the God we serve. Thanks again for listening. We hope you've been challenged, encouraged, and helped by God and His Word. If you want more information about Grace Church of Ocala or would like to get in contact with us, please visit our home on the internet, ocalagrace.org. And if we haven't met yet, we hope to talk with you soon.